0: Our second reading of scripture this morning comes to us from the end of the Sermon on the Mount, reading in chapter 7 of Matthew's biography of Jesus. Listen for God's word to you. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about God's will for your life. And I say that knowing that it's not always obvious what God's will for your life might be. There's a saying among preachers, we we tell each other um, when you take a Continuing ed class in, in writing sermons or things like that. We tell each other that sermons are supposed to be prepared with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other hand. The idea is that, is that what happens in here should be relevant. It should speak to and should give some, give some clarity or maybe, um, uh, breathe grace into our interpretation of what's going on out there. That's, that's the big idea. And I approve of that idea, but honestly the 24 hour news cycle has made it a lot harder than it used to be um because you know some of you were checking your news on the on the drive in um today uh, maybe on the walk in from the parking lot uh, because you can do that now you've got phones and you know exactly what's going on and as a pastor i sometimes have have said you know god i could have preached on that that's that's um that's news that i know a lot of people are going to be concerned about um and your scriptures give us resources to deal with that but you didn't tell me ahead of time I was thinking about that this weekend because you saw the news, I'm sure, about the, the two celebrities who committed suicide. And you know that Alaska is one of the leading states in the nation for people who take their own life. It is a real problem. Um, and I know there are many people who are suffering, suffering more than they ever thought that they could stand. And maybe some of them think they cannot stand it. They have they had to deal with with um, with problems that that I would not be able to understand or that or that I would say you know you 've got it easy or something like that, and some of them have been touched by malevolence it 's not just that we live in a hard world, but there are hard people in it, people who really don 't care, so they 've had to face malevolence and I wish that I could speak the grace that I find in Scripture into those situations. Because what we see throughout the Scriptures, what Christians down through the years have testified, is that there is joy in the Lord. And that there is the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm actually going to be preaching on that subject this fall. And so when I saw the news, and I thought to myself, I've done enough work to know, to have some real sense of, of what sort of resources our faith offers to people who are in crisis but not enough to preach on it or not enough to preach today so i say that as a way of inviting you into a conversation i would like that sermon series this fall to be relevant to our lives and so i invite you to to talk with me um, uh... and and maybe we can improve it together Um but um, in the meantime if you are struggling i will tell you simply to get help. If you don't know where, I'm not a counselor, but I can help you find one. So if this is something that has touched your life, or if it's something you're dealing with yourself, get help. God loves you. God does not hate you. Whatever the circumstances of your life may tell you, God loves you. So I preface this message with that because because the truth of the matter is we don't get a fax in the morning or an email that tells us what we should preach on. God doesn't tell us on Wednesday what the news is going to be on Sunday. And my guess is he doesn't do that for you either. That understanding what is God's will for your life is difficult. It's, it's not obvious what it is that God wants you to do with your life. So we're going to be talking today about God's will for your life and uh, that is where we're at now in the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm afraid that the passage we're looking at today is one of the reasons people have anxiety about God's will for their life. That there is um, this language in here about the highway to hell and about uh, narrow gates and things like that that can make people um, misunderstand what it is that Jesus is getting at here. That they, they think what Jesus is, is saying is that is that you better do it. And if you don't do it, then you're in a whole lot of trouble, and so people have the question: Well, how can I know what God's will is before before I get in trouble for not not doing it? Then, you know, at least tell me how I can know what God's will is. Um, you know, you're a preacher and you don't get an email from God. How can I get an email from God telling me what my will is supposed to be? Right. So, so the first question is: How can I know what it is? And then the second question is: Okay, well, what if I know what it is and I fail to do it? What if what if I know what God's will is for my life, but I say I don't want to do that thing? And um, uh, how many of you have seen, just out of curiosity, how many of you have seen the movie The Adjustment Bureau? Um came out a couple of years ago. Uh, I see a couple of hands, one of them from my family. What a shame. Um, I really, uh, I guess it kind of sank without a trace. Um, uh, they didn't make an Adjustment Bureau, too. But it's a really it's a, it's a really interesting book, very, a uh, book. It, it is a book by uh, Philip P. Dick, but it's also a movie with Matt Damon and Il- Emily Blunt. And it raises this question, is there a plan for your life? And, and if there is, what if you go off the plan? In the, the, the movie, I don't want to spoil it now, especially now that I know that there's so many of you who still need to see this movie. Um, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's the story of a guy who, who keeps bumping into this, this, this woman, and uh, that's not the plan. And they fall in love, and that's not the plan. But there are angels, or they're, they're not called angels, but there are these men with hats, who are um, who are chasing after them and they keep rearranging events so that so that um, they keep moving apart right so what what do you do if God has a plan for your life and you don 't like that plan right so so those are the kind of the two questions we 're going to talk about and as I said, our passage today um, is one of the problems we have with with that whole idea because we hear it. Um, it doesn't actually say this, but we hear it because it's been filtered through through a couple of centuries of of English speaking Christianity. We hear about the straight and the narrow. How many of you have ever been told by somebody, you better get on the straight and narrow? Okay. That, that we have this language that the straight and narrow is this path and if you get if you deviate from the path, then you're in all kinds of trouble. That that the straight and narrow is is a is a tight rope and, you know, one false step and you fall to your doom. Or, the straight and narrow is a path through a minefield. And one mistake, and you blow up your life, and the life of the people you care about. We get this image of the straight and narrow. And there are three mistakes in that one thought. So what I want to do is I want to look at the description, and we'll talk about the mistakes, and then we'll talk about what is really meant by God's will. So, this is the passage um, that, that causes the trouble. This is not the passage we read. Um, you heard Tom say he misses the, the beautiful language of the King James Bible, the language a lot of us have stuck in our heads. Um, and we do, because it is, it's very poetic, it's very beautiful. And so we hear this, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, what we actually read was this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. So, where are the mistakes? Well, the first mistake is that we hear the word straight, but we get the wrong straight. Jesus is not talking about straight like a line. He's talking about straight like, well, like this. The... um. This is this is an ape. It's the only ape native to Europe. <clears throat> it is the Gibraltar ape, and that tells you where this picture was taken. You can see um, Africa and Europe in a single in a single glimpse because the Mediterranean Sea is so narrow at that place you can actually see across the Mediterranean Sea, and and um, maybe some Weezer fans in the audience. So um, so. Uh, uh, So you can see across the Mediterranean Sea because a straight is a narrow place. A straight is a narrow place. Jesus is not saying that there's a straight path and you better walk it like a tightrope. He is saying, he's saying that there is a narrow gate that you need to get through. So the first thing he says is it is not a straight path. He says it is a narrow gate. But then there's another word. In the King James Bible, I'll, I'll, I don't know, I don't, can we go backwards a couple of slides to the King James? I haven't figured out how to do that. Thank you. All right. So what does he say? He says, straight is the gate. Straight without the G-H. Straight, narrow is the gate. And narrow is the way. Well, unfortunately, 400 years ago, the word narrow meant something different too. And it meant strict or difficult. So in, it's from an old English word. And uh, the best example I could think of of that, where we have kind of the same idea, right? We can understand how narrow came to mean you know, tight, right? But it really means you're just in trouble, right? So, so Pooh is stuck there in the, um, in, the, in the hole, and he's in a narrow place because he's in trouble, right? He's in, he's in trouble, but he's also in a narrow place. And over time, in English, narrow came to mean narrow, just like straight came to mean something it's not even related to. So, so Jesus is saying exactly what we read in our modern translation. And we don't get it if we stick to the King James Bible. He says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. He says the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only if you ever find it. But there's another mistake, and this one isn't in the language. It's in the way we interpret the language. Jesus says, enter God's kingdom and leads to life. He's talking about the kingdom of God. Again, last week I, I mentioned that I've been preaching the kingdom, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount for for eight years, and I don't want to go back and repeat it all, but, but briefly Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God has come near. Jesus in fact begins uh, the Sermon on the Mount at the end of chapter four. He says um, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus says, You have thought the kingdom of God is something that is going to be ushered in at the end of the age when when um, God closes the curtain on our little play here, or that God closes the curtain on, on your play because you're going to die and go to heaven. He says, that's what you've always understood about the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to tell you, no, you don't have to wait to die for the kingdom of heaven. You can have the kingdom of heaven right now in you, and you can be in it because it is as close to you as the air. So Jesus says there is this invisible kingdom that is accessible to us, right now. And so when we read Jesus talk about entering into life, can you back up one more? So so the previous slide Jesus the, the language here talks about entering into life and the gateway uh, and, and the road being difficult. Jesus is saying that's what I'm talking about. How do you get to this invisible kingdom? Right? I've told you you don't have to die and you don't have to wait till the end of the world. So how do you get into it? And he says there's a Narrow gate and a difficult road. So that's what he's talking about in this passage. He's saying he's saying that's our goal. So what is the difficulty? What makes it difficult? Well, what makes it difficult is the is what we were talking about earlier in our song. You know, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. The things we say. I'm not sure if I would like that, right? Where we're kind of standing off to one side and going, ah, love my enemies. Um, you know. Get along with people who kill my, my my lilac bush. I'm not so sure I like that plan. Right? That there's that's difficult. That that whole idea of just kind of embracing the God's kingdom, because our world has taught us the the, the kingdom we live in says that's not the way you have a good life. The way you have a good life is by is by you know, nuking the neighbor by, claw, you know, by, by, you know, by burning down their house, you know, and it's escalating pattern of violence, right? That that basically eventually your neighbors will leave you alone if you just, you know, are firm with uh, each one as, as it comes along. We live in that kingdom. And what makes it difficult is the thought that what Jesus is talking about here, loving your enemies, praying for people who curse you, um, uh, being perfect is something we could ever aspire to, would even want to aspire to. That's what makes it difficult. The road is difficult because we're not sure we want to do it. But the second question is, where is the difficulty? Where is the difficulty? Well, if you were just looking at that passage, would you say it's on this side of the gate or the far side? See, what Jesus is saying is it's here. The difficulty is here. The kingdom is is accessible. But as soon as you get through the gate... Things will get easier. He says, life in the kingdom is actually easier. And the reason we know that is because he uses this metaphor. He talks about the gate being narrow and the way being hard. I needed to say this. What is the gate? This is the language where Jesus defines. What is the the gate? Well, he uses the same word picture in John 10. He says, I am the gate. We heard heard it during our um, uh, assurance of pardon. Um, the prayer of reconciliation. Jesus says, "I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and will find good pastures." He's talking about a, an agricultural metaphor. You, you, you're moving the sheep from here to there, but once you get them to back to the ranch or whatever sheep farms are, um, back where you get them, wherever the sheep go, you get them through the gate, and they're safe, and they can wander around, and they can go to their pastures and so forth, right? But it's it's the traveling that's hard. It's the road that's hard. The gate is narrow, and then the pastures are good. And when Jesus uses that language, he echoes the psalmist who says that the Lord leads us to green pastures or grassy meadows. He, <laughs> I'm doing it myself, Tom. Um, <laughs> he lets me rest in gr- grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. This is what, this is what, Jesus is describing. He's describing not. Some, some minefield you have to somehow traverse in the absence of instructions. He's not talking about a tightrope that somehow, if you make one false step, you're doomed. Jesus is saying, the road is hard, but come to me, come to the gate, because on the other side is a big pasture. Or, I like this image, a big canvas. Uh, the writer Donald Miller, he says, he says, we think of our lives as that narrow path, but he says, really, it's a great big canvas. And the reason for that is God wants you to paint something beautiful on it. God has, God has designed you to be creative and he wants you to take that page and write a great story or take that canvas and paint a beautiful picture with your life. And the reason I like that image is because it reminds me of the passage we heard from Genesis. God has made Adam, and there's no suitable helper. So what does God do? God makes a bunch of different animals. He makes the giraffe and so forth, but they don't have names. They're just assorted animals. And God brings them before Adam and says, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to exercise your creative gifts. I made you, Adam, in my image, and I am a creator. And so therefore, you are a creator. I want you to come up with a name for this tall, spotted thing. Giraffe. Excellent name, Adam. Okay, what do you call the thing with the sharp horn on its nose? Rhinoceros? That's an excellent name. And from now on, those are their names. God wants you to be a creative person. God does not want to restrict your choices to some narrow path, some minefield that you have to traverse. God wants to lead you to a broad pasture. God wants you to come to the gate that is the gate to the kingdom of heaven, the gate to eternal life. You can have it now. You don't have to wait for it. But it's available to you now. And in that kingdom, you have a broad valley. You have pastures. All the all the pleasant images that they could come up with. Those are available to you because God is a creative God. He wants you to make your own path. See, the Adjustment Bureau is wrong. God doesn't have a plan that if you deviate it from do you deviate from it the angels are going to shove back you know into into conformity God's plan is for you to exercise the creativity that he made you to have inside of the big broad parameters that he set So what is God's will for your life God's will for your life is to prosper and to be creative So if you're anxious don't be. If you're wondering, when am I going to get that email? Well, I was listening to the songs today. I was thinking, boy, we weren't thinking about suicides when we wrote our list of music for today. But every one was going, what great news. Every one of these songs speaks to the hope we have in Christ. So exercise your creativity and let God work out the details. Instead of, working, instead of God changing your life, maybe God will change the whole universe. To conform with your plan. Think about that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks. We give thanks that that you are not a God who would would put us at the front end of a chasm and say, walk across that tightrope and good luck. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how. You do not put us in a minefield and say, good luck figuring this one out. But you offer us a gate, a gate to eternal life. And you say, on the other side is everything good. So, Lord, help us to navigate the the difficult path that leads to that gate each day. Each day, let us claim all the good things that Jesus promises. We ask it in his name. Amen.